The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. There's no crying in baseball! No crying! And this game's underway. Into the wind of it is first offering. Just a bit outside. Here's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos. It will be a home run. Oh, my God. God. Deep to right field. Way up there. High, oh, high. And look who's coming up. You talk about a roll of the dice. This is it. Here's the payoff pitch. Welcome in to Payoff Pitch, Action Network's Major League Baseball betting podcast. We are presented by BetMGM. Brendan Glasheen rejoining you, faithful people. Sorry to miss opening day. The duty calls. Sean Zarello, BJ Cunningham in the house for this mini five-game slate. This is your, if the weather sucks in New England or New York, Phillies did the right thing, went to Texas. If the weather blows, we'll play today slate. But as it turns out, the weather was cooperative yesterday in opening day. It was a good opening day, I thought. Uh, we are here every Monday, Tuesday, and Friday during the baseball season. Three shows a week, if you're uh, not aware, that's the news. Three shows a week. So we're here today, and then we're back regular schedule next week, Monday, Tuesday, Friday. Please rate, review, and subscribe. We should fire right through this slate. Only five games to cover. Uh, we'll go to Sean Zarillo first. Zarillo, before you give your best bet, you want to give a quick one-liner. What would you make of the day yesterday? Incredible day. I believe it was the first day since 1968 that we've had all 30 teams actually play on opening day. It's been scheduled before, but it hasn't happened since the 60s. Uh, but, you know, the Justin Verlander news getting buried maybe upended the entire news cycle yesterday because it's something we talked about coming into the year. The Mets, two 40-year-old starting pitchers. Scherzer wearing down towards the end of last year. DeGrom blew up a little bit in his start, so that sort of uh, maybe detracted from Mets fans' disappointment because that was the one-for-one -one replacement, but yeah, I mean, definitely a significant injury for Lander given his age, given his past arm injuries. Um, we saw the White saw or we saw the the Angels lose on opening day. And Steve Cohen's already said he will probably spend $700 million on Shohei Town if he needs to, but do they pull the Carmelo Anthony trade and trade for a guy who's about huh. to be a free agent three months before he does and give up all the assets to guarantee that they get him? So that is going to be if the Angels continue to struggle, the big story of the season, in my opinion, is and MLB Network said it last night. They said it's going to get annoying if the Angels start out poorly because if they are 10 games under 500 at the end of April, all you're going to hear about is Shohei Otani being tricked. Holy shit. A Carmelo Anthony reference on payoff pitch to yes, start sir. us off. That is, that is something I did not see coming. And then you're going to see the, the Squidward 
meme with SpongeBob and Patrick, and there's Mike Trout behind the cage. Or there's so like, you leave Shohei. I mean, Mike Trout could have left a long time ago. Hey, and- listen, we get we get Shohei on the Mets and uh, Mike Trout on the Phillies. You are talking an NLE's rivalry. That's that's a great call. I love that. Verlander said yesterday, probably a second base case. He said it's not best case. And the, if you missed it, the Mets buried this at like 1.44 p.m. yesterday. They will continue throwing at a moderate intensity, and we will rescan in a week. Go ahead, Zerl. Give us your best bets. I'll get BJ's thoughts on opening day here in a second. Just go out there and try to have fun, you know. You know, having fun is the name of the game. Hey, you trying to make an ass of me? Get on that bag! Yeah, best bet for Friday's slate. I'm sure the only five-game slate that we will have on a Friday this season. I think the only five-game slate I've ever seen on a Friday. The (laughs) White Sox and the Astros. I like the White Sox yesterday because both teams were in the fit split or were in the split favoring the White Sox. Uh, The White Sox better against left-handed pitching, as are the Astros. Well, both teams are starting a right-handed pitcher today, so both teams in their lesser offensive split. I'm very high on Christian Javier. Bet him across the board for... Cy Young strikeout leader wins leader, but I'm also very high on Lance Lynn this season. And I pointed to a Fangraphs article in my write-up and opening pitch for today. Basically, Lynn introduced the slider last season. He's always had a big split against lefties and righties, much more effective against same-sided hitters. He's a righty. But after he introduced the slider last season, he increased his strikeout rate against lefties by 6%. And he also dropped his weighted on base average by 140 points. So he became better against lefties than he was against righties. Obviously a limited sample, but it does go to show you maybe he finally has a weapon to neutralize left-handed hitters. So getting through Jordan Alvarez, Michael Brantley, in that lineup, the Astros are very right-handed heavy. But I think if he has a weapon to neutralize lefties, Lynn is just going to increase his effectiveness this season. So I think Javier is underrated. I think Lynn is in for a good season. So the under 7.5 here is my bet. I also like the first five under four. Projected those at 7.1 and 3.6, respectively. So the under 7.5, you could bet to minus 105. And the first five under four, I like to minus 115. I bet a juiced minus, or I bet a juiced under 4.5. You could take 4.5 up to minus 150. In Zerillo's new daily column, opening pitch, you'll find throughout the 2023 baseball season, Action Network app, actionnetwork.com. Uh, looking forward to that throughout the season. And Zarillo kind of got a, you know, a fraud shift today with the five games. I, I don't mean to put words in his mouth. Oh, I love it. it. Believe me. Dismiss it made my workload easier. Yeah, this is true. I know UFC today. So, wow, Zarillo's getting a real get out of the office at noon kind of sure. Friday. BJ Cunningham, before you give out your uh, best bets for Friday, just quick thought on yesterday and what would you make of the day? I thought it was awesome. Like, there was so much high scoring across Major League Baseball, which makes you question, like, did Major League Baseball choose the balls again? Uh, We don't know that, I guess, right now after a one-game sample size. But, you know, the Blue Jays-Cardinals game was incredible. Uh, The Rangers coming back against the Phillies was obviously incredible as well. So, really, really great games throughout Major League Baseball. And how do they capitalize on that opening day momentum? They give us a five-game slate on Friday. But so, but either way, Saturday will be great as well. Best bets for the mini yeah, five-game slate today? Yeah, I'm going to stay in that uh, White Sox-Astros team. I actually like the White Sox for the first five innings, uh, plus 130. So, I mean, Sean mentioned it. Lance Lynn, I mean, he had decent numbers last season. He did regress from what he did in 2021, but a 3.6 XERA, 3.44 XFIP. His walk per nine rate was the lowest of his career at 1.41. And doing all of that, like Sean mentioned, he obviously added the slider, but he's mainly a fastball cutter sinker pitcher. It's not a lot of movement. Uh, in terms of off-speed pitches. And what he's done, what he did last year to lower that walk per nine rate, 
is he really improved his control. His location plus was 104, which was top 30 in Major League Baseball. Now, the Astros were one of the best fastball hitting teams in Major League Baseball last season. They had over a 60 plus 60 run value against them. But against right-handed sinkers and cutters, they had a combined minus 15.8 run value, a 260 expected batting average, and a 324 expected weight on base average. So they're very, very average to below average against those three pitches. Plus, they're still without Jose Altuve and Michael Brantley. Now, Christian Javier, like Sean mentioned, is a huge dark horse Cy Young candidate. You know, 243 XCRA last season was one of the best in Major League Baseball outside of Spencer Strider. But if you look through a lot of projection models, you know, they have him around a 3-6 ERA pitcher. Now, I don't expect him to regress that much. But, you know, anywhere in the middle between those two, you're not getting this huge type edge that you would over Lance Lynn versus what, you know, he did last year from his ex-ERA. I mean, he did have a left on base percentage of over 83%. That is very, very high and one of the highest in Major League Baseball. So, I think asking him to sustain that number was very, very difficult to do. So I think the price is a tad inflated on Javier here, especially with Brantley and Altuve being out of the lineup for the Astros. So uh, I have the White Sox for the first five projected at plus 120. So uh, I like them at plus 130. Let's find out if we're fading the public. The public likes you. That's the only reason that this might fly. How are we going to handle the public? We just discussed White Sox and Astros quite a bit. So we'll, we'll highlight the Mets and the Marlins in this section today. 71% of the bets uh, in terms of the, the the bet number, bet percentage, 66% of the dollars coming in on New York. It is not Justin Verlander pitching today. It is David Peterson on the mound for New York. It's the first game of the slate, 640 start, Mets at Marlins. Zerillo, are you willing to back the Marlins the day after and for the next four days, no Sandy Alcantara against New York? Well, it's not opening day, so the Mets' 76% all-time win rate on opening day is no longer in play. You can't bet against the Mets on opening day. It's it's become one of the most ridiculous stats in all of sports. They were just unbeatable on opening day. I don't know if they've lost one since I was a child, but I was very willing to bet on the Marlins both yesterday and today, uh, you know, putting the opening day stuff aside. Uh, I just think the betting market is much more in line with the Marlins than I was expecting. You know, I put this in my article, but I model these out. I try not to look at the lines in advance because I almost want to surprise myself. I want to see what number I spit out. I don't want to have any bias as I'm making the lines. Um, and I try to sort of predict which teams I'm going to bet on based on the projection I come up with. And seeing the Marlins around even money for game one, game two, I was like, okay, they're probably going to be around plus 120 and I'm going to end up betting on them. And they opened below plus 110 in both matchups, and I didn't see an actionable edge on them in either matchup, which shows you that there is respect in the betting market from bookmakers, but also from betters on these Marlins. So we talked about coming into the season, it's very difficult to project the Marlins as a significant underdog at home, especially at home, because they have such good pitching every day. Their starting pitchers are going to basically keep them in every game, but their bullpen sucked last year. They don't score runs. So they lose a lot of tight games that they get good pitching outings in. I do like the under in this matchup. If you look at the graphs for both Peterson and Jesus Lazardo, who I've always been a big Jesus Lazardo guy, but they both sort of hit a career peak towards the beginning of last season. They had a performance dip in the middle of the year, and then they found it again towards the end of the year. Both had strong springs. I don't really see either as anything better than a number three or number four type starter. Lazardo probably at the higher end of the number threes for me, lower end number two. Peterson pretty firmly in that number four type starter projection range. But given the ballpark, the bullpens, 
defenses not being horrific, not great, but not horrific. So I put this total at 7.26. So I like the under seven and a half at even money. I had a lean to the first five under four uh, that did not come into range in terms of pricing. But yeah, this park plays about six, 7% below major league average. We saw a lot of scoring there in the WBC. We'll continue yeah. to see if the balls are juiced, but I think this total is just a touch high. So under eight down to seven and a half at a plus 100. Okay. Seven and a half under available minus 115 from Mets Marlins. The first five total at three and a half. So that doesn't quite fit your. Nah. Um, yeah. It's dropped since last night. Okay, very good. Again, most of the money coming in on the Mets for today's game against the Miami Marlins. The Mets not on open day, everybody. So keep that in mind. BJ, what are you, what are your thoughts on the the Marlins? Would you want to take the Marlins with the the money coming in on the Mets? Uh, I'm I'm like Sean. I'm going to pass this. I do the same thing as Sean when I project. I, I I do my projections first before I start to enter any type of line to see what type of edge I have. And I only have the I have the Marlins at minus one hundred two. For this game, uh, you know, the Marlins were the worst team in Major League Baseball against left-handed pitching last season. So that's not great going against David Peterson and Jesus Lizardo. Like Sean, I'm also very high on. So, uh, but again, the Marlins lineup being that bad against left-handed pitching really is taking me away from this. So even though Luzardo was, you know, 0.6 XERI uh, better than Peterson last season, it's still not enough an edge for me uh, to bet the Marlins here. So I'm passing. BJ, blindly, when you were modeling those games, where did you, I assume you would have expected that you were betting on the Marlins like after setting yeah. them as a favorite against the 90-plus win Mets, but right. would, where would you have expected the line to be? I mean, or I would like, expect- you know, not not where would you have expected to be based on your model, but just based right. on like public perception. I mean, I would, yeah. I mean, if this was last season, I would like totally expect the Marlins to be plus 115, plus 20, yeah. 20 like yeah, you said. Exactly. Right there, I was thinking, right, yeah, right 110 there. or 120. But right, yeah, like you're seeing how they're sitting around even money. Like, you know, even yesterday, I was kind of surprised to see them, uh, you know, basically being a pick them against Scherzer. Obviously, Alcantara winning the Cy Young, he gets a lot more respect in the market. So, uh, but yeah, I guess the we won't be able to bet on the Marlins. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe if they face somebody different, we'll be able to. Baseball betting season is here, so get in on the action with the king of sportsbooks. Sign up with BetMGM using bonus code ACTION and get up to $1,000 paid back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Michigan, Mississippi, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Puerto Rico, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C., West Virginia, Wyoming, or Ontario only. Only must be 21 or older to wager, 19 or older in Ontario, new customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from ensuance. Excludes Michigan, disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, D.C., Kansas, Louisiana, Nevada, Wyoming, or Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidence help in Michigan, 1-800-GAMBLER in Indiana, Maryland, New Jersey, or West Virginia, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York, call or text Tennessee Redline at 800-889-9789 or call 1-888-777-9696 in Mississippi. In Ontario, if you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, and Utah, and other states where prohibited. Promotional offers not available in Nevada and New York. As far as our favorite underdog, you're both in alignment on the Guardians. Where's my dog? 
And I want to go to BJ first because it sounded like before we hit record on the pod today, he had thoughts on Hunter Gaddis, who was the starting pitcher for Cleveland, opposing former Cy Young winner Robbie Ray. Yeah, I'll let I'll let Sean get into uh, and BJ. I wanted to make sure former Cy Young winner Robbie Ray because you right. like to incorporate the former Cy know, Young element. Right. You know, to your you know what's funny is that I was looking at Robbie Ray last night, and his expected ERA last season was pretty much the exact same it was when he won the Cy Young mm-hmm. uh, in 2021, which is kind of crazy to think about. So he's really that 3-5, 3-6 XARA type pitcher. He's not, you know, this front-end starter, like $100 million, you know, signing pitcher that I, you know, that a lot of people maybe think he is. So I think he's getting inflated here. Now, Hunter Gaddis, I mean, he pitched seven innings last season and he gave up 15 earned runs and seven homers like on paper it looks really really bad if you go through his numbers in both double a AA and triple a he's like a four era pitcher but as sean will allude to like i don't really think that the guardians are going to let him go more than three or four innings and mark sean will tell you the market set, says that so um you know if if that is the case you know i'm i'm project i have hunter gas projected for three innings as a kind of a medium uh between the two so uh, I have the guardians projected at, at, at plus plus one eighteen. So I think Ray is, is overvalued here. Although the guardians weren't that great against left-handed pitching last season, they did have an incredibly elite bullpen that was better than Mariners. So if that bullpen's going to pitch most of the game, the guardians are going to provide some value here against an overrated Robbie Ray. Zarello, based on your opening pitch breakdown, slight edge to the guardians, they're plus one forty at bet MGM and you bet them down to plus one thirty four. Yeah, I made uh, BJ made the line around plus 119. I made the line plus 123 for Cleveland. So we're roughly in the same area. The bullpens are both elite. And if they're able, the Guardians are able to get this game to the bullpen tied, it's a coin flip because the bullpens are basically the same. The offenses are basically the same, especially given the handedness splits. Once the Guardians are able to get away from left-handed pitcher, it should even out. And the Guardians are the better defensive and base running team. So it is legitimately a coin flip if this game is tied going to the bullpens and you're carrying a plus 150 ticket. So the sweat is Gaddis. The question is how long they use Gaddis. You look at the totals for the game at seven and a half. You would expect the first five total to be at four and a half with Gaddis, but it's not, which tells me he's not going more than two or three innings. They're going to use their bullpen aggressively here. This is going to be a bullpen game for Cleveland. And they're going to get look to get length out of the back end of their rotation. Uh, BJ talked about the expected metrics for Robbie Ray. He was at 3.6, both in his Cy Young season and last year. He got a five-year, $115 million contract from the Mariners. Carlos Rodon, a more injury-prone pitcher, posted an expected ERA a full run better than Ray the past two years, 2.6. Now, 3.6, Rodon got six years and $162 million. So he got an extra year and an extra $50 million on that deal. That just goes to show you the difference in quality, the difference in market expectations between a pitcher like Carlos Rodon and Robbie Ray. Even though Rodon is more injury-prone, it's expected he raised a full run better. He got an extra year and an extra 50 mil on his deal. So that's just showing you the general difference in quality between the pitchers. Hunter Gaddis projects a full run worse than Ray. He's in that 4.6 range, so two runs worse than a Carlos Rodon. But as I said, the Guardians are going to look to get him in and out of this game as quickly as they can. Maybe he goes through the lineup once, and that's it, and then they piggyback the rest of the game. So... You are betting a plus 150 here, but you're sweating it probably for the first three innings, and then hopefully it's a one-run game for the bullpens. Two starts last year for Hunter Gaddis, and they were not pretty. 
August against the Astros, three and a third, seven hits, eight runs, two home runs allowed. <laughs> Gets worse. White Sox, September, mid-September last year, call-up season. White Sox at home, four innings, eight hits, seven runs, five, five home runs. Only walking is bad. I mean, he's got to get through the first two innings. That's like yeah. Sean said, that's basically what it is. Like it's yeah. On paper, he's not that great of a pitcher, but if he's only going through the lineup once, like Sean said, you can get to the guardians bullpen that that plus plus one fifty number provides a lot of value. It's kind of Brendan. I and mean, Brendan does MMA podcast with me. So with Brendan, it's kind of like betting on an underdog who you expect to be in trouble in the first round. And okay. you know that if they survive that round, the line is going to tighten. So the, the picture of the first three innings of the game is the first round of the fight. If it's tied, if it's close after the first three innings, the Mariners are going to be in trouble because the line is going to move to basically pick them um, once Gaddis is out of this game. So assuming it's tied, again, it's all assuming it's tied, but <laughs> the knockout, the knockout potential, right, for the Mariners is there in the first three three rounds, three uh, three innings. But after that, it becomes closer. I like it. Good comp. Yeah. I'm looking at a ZR. I'm looking at a ZRA from the two appearances last year. It looks like Carmelo Anthony's scoring average, uh, mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to uh... well, well, Brendan, his ERA was 18, but his expected area was 12, so he's six <laughs> runs lower. So, big regression candidate, guys. Big regression candidate. I couldn't help but you know bring that back to the. I still can't get over the Carmelo reference at the top of the show. <laughs> it you know it sticks with it sticks with me because as a New York sports fan. It is such a typical move to know that a guy wants to come here, but now let's get him three months earlier and give up all of our future assets to get him. <laughs> so yeah, the Mets, the Mets can spend outspend everybody to get Shohei if they want, but if they want him this year, do they give up all their prospects for him? It's very possible, especially with these pitching injuries. Let's zip uh, zip through some final bets. Just a short slate, five games. And I have a one more for the road. Zarello, you've got one other angle. The Padres, are they going to bounce back against the Rockies today? For my divisional bets, I sure hope they do. I like the over in this matchup, though. The total was at eight last night. It has dropped to seven and a half. It's around seven and a half minus 115 across the market. That's why I didn't put a big bet on this in on this yet. But there is a couple of minus 110s out there. So if you get seven and a half minus 110, I like it. Up to about minus 112, projected this total at 8.1. Not particularly high on either starting pitcher. Was actually surprised to see the total drop. And the other angle I would have on this game, both this game actually and the Dodgers game, which is the other game remaining on the slate, either the Dodgers or the Padres, minus 160 for the first five innings would be a bet for me. Otherwise, I'm going to pass. And BJ, you've got a couple more before we get out of here. Yeah, you know, like we already mentioned with the Guardians, I'm also on the Rockies Padres. I'm on the first five over uh, at at four, over four and a half. The the thing is, is, like Kyle Freeland just consistently year after year is a very, very below average starting pitcher. XCRA over five, bottom or 10th percentile in both expected batting average and expected weight on base average allowed last season. The thing is, is like the Padres were very, very average against left-handed pitching, but they did add Xander Bogarts, who is an incredible hitter against left-handed pitching, had a 440 weighted on base average against that last season. And Sean mentioned this in his article, Nick Martinez, his numbers between the bullpen and starting rotation really weren't that different last season. He's a very average major league starting pitcher around that four, four XERA type. He mixes his pitches very, very well though. And the Rockies, if you look at their splits against certain pitches, they're very, very bad against fastballs and sinkers, but against cutters, changeups, and curveballs, they did have a plus 10.2 run value against the right-handed version of those three pitches, and those are three of Martinez's main four pitches. So I, I projected the first five total about 4.8, so over 4.5 at minus 105 is uh, giving me a little bit of value. 
I just want to mention with Freeland too, because we had Marquez yesterday who has like incredibly drastic splits between cores and not a cores. He's like a 3.70 area pitcher away from cores. The splits on Freeland kind of align with expectations. So I don't really think he's a guy who's like better out of cores. He's more effective, but it's because he's not a cores. It's it aligns with your expectations. So I don't really give Freeland a boost on the road versus at home. BetMGM has Rockies Padres first five now to four runs, but juice hmm. on the over at minus one thirty. If if you are willing to lay, I know it's not as probably wouldn't play minus one twenty. Probably minus one twenty or better for me front over four. Okay, very good. Without looking at the model, short slate, short show. I will add when I was watching Braves and Nationals yesterday. I'm down in Atlanta. Uh, I heard payoff pitch, you know, like three or four times, in like the first first inning that warmed my heart that we we are we are back we are back baby on the broadcast with brandon godden and jeff rancor doing the bally sports braves broadcast so it warmed my heart we are back you can find sean zarillo's uh right up opening pitch each and every day during the baseball season his daily column is up at actionnetwork.com action network app we return on monday monday tuesday friday payoff pitch all season long so we're looking forward to having several uh, episodes throughout the course of the season and each and every week. For Sean Zarello, BJ Cunningham, find each of them individually in the Action app if they add more uh, for today's slate and for the weekend, of course. I'm Brendan Glasheen. We're back here Monday morning. Thanks for listening to Payoff Pitch, Action Network's MLB betting podcast presented by BetMGM. You all have a great weekend. Look at this crowd on its feet. What a tribute. No one wants to leave. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.